so much for listening to Uplifting Impact. I have a special opportunity for you. For everybody who is a listener, we are going to be hosting a wonderful How to Be an Ally Summit. It is a virtual summit. And for those of you who are our listeners, we know that you're already on your allyship journey. But if you're ready to go deeper, to learn more, to put some more tools into your toolbox, we'd love to have you join us. The summit is going to be hosted February 1st through the 3rd, 2021. So go ahead, get your ticket and make sure that you get a ticket, not just for yourself, but get a ticket for somebody in your family. Get a ticket for the people that are on your team. Let's go ahead and figure out how we can move further, faster, and together. everybody and welcome to Uplifting Impact. Today I am with a woman I have admired for so long. I am here with Christy Garcia Thomas. Christy is the Chief External Affairs Officer at Advocate Aurora Healthcare. She is in this role responsible for shaping the overall experience for patients, team members, and community partners in a broad and very strategic way. With this broad landscape she has to influence, she oversees diversity and inclusion. She also looks at interpreter services, community relations, charitable giving through their foundation, community health, and community programs at Advocate Aurora Health, one of the top 10 largest healthcare systems in the United States. She also happens to be one of the best mentors that I have ever seen. Uh, She really knows how to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And so I'm super honored to have you on our show today. Hey, Christy. Hi, how are you? It's such a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, you're too kind. I I appreciate all your thoughtfulness. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So Christy, I know that there's a lot of people who are interested in just how you get into this work, right? Like you have such an, and and friends, just to be clear, I could have talked the entire time in the podcast of all the achievements that Christy has had in her career. So, uh, but I wanted her to be able to share some of her story. So with all the accolades that you have and all the experiences and all the companies you've had the opportunity to touch, like why did you decide to use all of your talent in this space? Like, why have you been so focused here? Yeah, you know, for me, I, you know, as a um, as a young kid, I, I knew early on that education was key to success in life. I also knew that health was a key component of it. So for me, when I had the opportunity to come and work for what was then Aurora, but now Advocate Aurora Health, it was really a no-brainer for me knowing that it allowed me to bring my business acumen to to work every day, but also to work in an organization that had such a strong mission and purpose. And our purpose is to help people live well. And in order to be able to touch thousands of lives and helping them live their healthiest self, I, I couldn't find a better place to work. So it's so interesting when you think about that mission statement, because it's so simple, but it's still so profound, right? Like, how do you help people live better lives? Like, what what does that look like? And so when you think about it from your lens, where you're overseeing community, you know, relations, and you're also overseeing a lot of the diversity, equity, and inclusion work, which is what we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about. How do you see that community and diversity, equity, inclusion, like helping lives be better? How how are those things tied together? Absolutely. The 
purpose statement around helping all people live well is key in terms of the work we do with diversity, equity, inclusion, and in the community around building relationships. And that's what we talk to our clinicians about too, which is we want consistent, equitable outcomes across every patient segment that we have. But the way in which we work with our patients is a two-way street, right? So we have to listen. We have to build relationships. We have to understand all the various factors that are impacting someone's overall health. And in order to do that, you have to get to know people and get to know them and understand and meet them where they're at, right? So we know that someone's health, their overall health, 80% of it is not based off of their doctor's visits. It's based off of the environment in which they live, right? Which, which we call social determinants of health, but there are so many components of that that truly impact an individual's overall health and well-being that we can't do one without the other. It's a both and. And in order to do that, you have to actually build the relationships with each individual person that you're with. You got to listen. You got to build understanding. And, and then you can develop a comprehensive plan that people can, can adapt to. And then they can be responsible for helping to live their healthiest lives. I love that you brought that point up because I think this idea of social determinants of health is one that sometimes takes people by surprise. You know, I'm, I did a lot of work in this space. I understand that 80% of it is really about those relationships, the information that you have access to different things. And so that makes a, a ton of sense, right? When you're thinking about, well, how do we do this? And, and why do we do this? And why is this important, especially from a healthcare provider, for us to be engaged in this work outside, right? Because if we want people, if we want what we do inside of, of Advocate Aurora to be as effective as possible, we also have to make sure that what's happening beyond our walls is as effective as possible. So I, I really appreciate that you brought that 80% number up because I, I wonder how many of our listeners will for the first hear that for the first time, that 80% of our health is not about our biometrics, but really about our environments and kind of all of those components. And to that, I mean, I think the other piece too, as I was listening to you, and it's tied to the social determinants is where you live matters. Yes. What zip code you're born in matters. And what I mean by that is in Milwaukee, we know that there's a 16 year difference in life expectancy, depending upon the zip code you're born in. You know, in Advocate of Our Health, our footprint, is across the entire state of Wisconsin and into Illinois. And in Chicago, that life expectancy difference is 26 years based off of the zip code you're born in. And, and it's because of access to education, it's access to workforce and financial stability. I mean, you know, there's so many elements of those social determinants that create the environment and the health outcomes right. of individuals in those particular zip codes, but where you live matters. And so as you are thinking about how you make investments in the community and you really look at, you know, looking at those, I mean, that's atrocious. You think about that, your zip code, 26 years, that's 16 years. 
off of your life because of that. So when you think about those things and you think about where you're making investments, like how, walk me through what that decision process looks like a little bit, because I think other people are listening or thinking about their own sectors. Maybe they're not in healthcare, but they're thinking about where do I make investments in my community that could get at some of those social determinants. So what's your thought process? And maybe a follow-up question is, where have you seen great success? Sure. So um, for us, we do community health needs assessment every year. So we've been doing this for, you know, 15, 20 years. And, and those health needs assessments prioritize their qualitative, quantitative research, but they prioritize from the community what their biggest issues are in terms of their overall health. And we take that data and we layered on to knowing the gaps of the life expectancy. But, but from that data, we knew that the most significant issues that were impacting our communities and our patient population were food insecurities, housing, violence, being whether domestic violence or sexual violence or um, gun violence. We know access to mental health is an access to primary care, as well as workforce development and economic development. So we narrowed our focus to those key areas because it was based off of the research. Mm -hmm. And from there, we layered in our zip code data and we have prioritized our efforts on addressing the, the zip codes with the largest life expectancy gap as a priority area in addition to our entire footprint, and then focusing in on those key areas that I just outlined for you in terms of how we focus our resources and dollars. And, and you know, unfortunately, you know, when we think about the zip codes with the um, largest life expectancy gap, it also tends to be um, majority people of color, um, majority African-American, Hispanic. And so when we think about even like with COVID now, right? So COVID has shown a huge light on the health inequities in our community and has really brought that to the surface for a, uh, from an awareness perspective for more people. But it, it's that same marginalized group that's having the impact. And a big part of that has to do with all the social determinants that, that have been impacting these communities for, for centuries. Yeah, and I think that's that's really hard to understand, but it's why those investments are so important because when other catastrophes happen, when it, it just exasperates what is already an underlying issue. So the fact that you're putting those investments in those places is so important. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one question that I get, and I, I'm always curious as to how people kind of think about this, because we've been talking about investment, investment in community, investment in these you know, zip codes, invest, and that is what the way that I know that you think about this as an investment. But oftentimes when you think about investment, we want we get asked, like, what's the return going to be, right? What's your ROI going to be, your return on investment? And when you're looking at these really big issues that are so complex and have all of these different layers it can be hard to identify what that return is going to be. I'm just curious, have you, you know, had that, I'm sure you've had that conversation, but like, well, how do you determine that? How do you answer that question? What's the return? Sure. I mean, so I think from a diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, you know, practitioner perspective, there's, there's a number of ways. So when you look at your overall 
company corporate culture and environment, you know, there's a lot of money that goes into recruiting. And if you're, if you're turning people over at a pretty high rate, you're losing money. So your return on investment around developing a culture that's inclusive, that values differences, that allows people to bring their best self to work every day will improve your retention, which will improve your bottom line. I mean, that, that one is, that one's pretty simple in terms of the ROI. I think there are other more complex ones, especially in healthcare. So when we think about the return on investment as it pertains to our health equity work, so we know we have gaps in, you know, for example, hypertension or diabetes. And our ability to close those gaps and help all people live well and have consistent equitable outcomes, not only is that, you know, our purpose and our mission, but it also helps control healthcare costs. Sure. Because the healthier you are, the less you need our service and healthcare costs go down, right? right. And we believe in, in value-based, right? So we're a value-based organization and, and we advocate for that because we know that if we can keep you healthier, it's better for you, it's better for us, it's better for the economy. And you know, in a fee-for-service environment, you don't get rewarded for that. Yeah, Right. And so that's an even harder sell, I think. And the fact that that shows kind of the ethic, right? Of like, we really are focused on this bigger issue because in some ways, right? You, you, you want people to be healthier and you want that to, because you want to be serving people. I think one physician told me like, I don't, I, I want to be there for the things that have to happen in life. You know, the things that are where we can sell, like the baby is being born and that I want to be there for, I don't want to have to deal with these other things because I know that those are things that are solvable and curable and things that, you know, we can help navigate against, right? So that the things right. that we have no control over, we, we can spend our time really thinking about those areas. And I, I thought that was a really, um, he said it much more eloquently than I just did, but like, that was a beautiful way to kind of think about what, what our job is. Right. Well, and our job is to help keep people healthy. Right, right. That's why people go into, you know, being nurses and doctors. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Okay, so I have another question for you. Uh, So when you are thinking about healthcare in particular, and you think about like the power that diversity, equity, and inclusion has in this space, what are the, and you're doing so many amazing initiatives, but like, what are the initiatives that you think have the opportunity or have already shown like the most change or the most impact in the healthcare space? Well, I, you know, I think there's a number of them and we've talked on, on a couple of them, which is, you know, our, our goal around improving life expectancy by 5% by 2030. You know, in order to do that, it's going to take a tremendous amount of work to address all the components of helping to improve life expectancy. Um, but that that's significant and huge. And, and I also think it's something that in the healthcare space, people don't tend to think of us about, you know, so we're going to engage and invest in, in food pantries or grocery stores so that people can have access to good quality food. I mean, I don't think people typically think of a healthcare provider in, in that frame. I also think that we have been very bold and aggressive. We have a community investment fund, a $50 million community investment fund that is 
available to help address some of the opportunities that we need, that we see in our community to address some of those social determinants. I also think that our goal around closing gaps in, in health equity, you know, understanding where we have those gaps um, around whether it be hypertension, diabetes, infant mortality, you know, there, there are many areas where we have gaps in our health outcome and really driving to close those is going to be significant and meaningful. And, you know, those are just a few. Sure. Well, one of the things that I really love about Aurora advocate is the word advocate, because I think one thing that I've witnessed and just as a person who's reading the news and seeing some of the things that you're involved in and, you know, watching the news that's coming out and some of the work that your team has been really committed to. One thing that I see is that you're willing to also use your social capital, not just your financial capital, right? And not just your knowledge capital about how we can be healthier, but also showing up, I think, in these important conversations and helping people, showing up like you did today, right? But helping people understand how these things are so intricately uh, connected like this idea that if we can create more inclusive spaces where people have equal access and have equity, like it's good for everybody. I think that's a message that we hear in your programs, but it's a message that we hear from the leaders. And so I just want to acknowledge that. Um, it seems very intentional, which I'm assuming it is, but, but that's, and that's really great. Well, thank you. We are very intentional. And, and we also believe that, you know, we can't do this work alone. Yeah. And so it's important to us to have, key community partners or corporations or foundations or others who want to join in these efforts because we know that in order to truly get sustainable results with the work and strategies that we have, it's going to take a collective community at large to really lean in and to lean in hard. These issues didn't surface overnight and they're not going to go away overnight. Right. And it's going to take, you know, I like the um, I've always liked the saying of, you know, it takes a village Um, and it does. It takes a village and, and we're committed to the work we're doing. That's awesome. Well, I am so glad that we had an opportunity to chat with you today. Chrissy, if people want to follow some of the work that Advocate Aurora is doing, they want to see what you're doing. What's the what's the best way to do that? I think just to go to our website, which is aah.org, and you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter or follow us. Um, we've got a tremendous amount of information on our website, so I, I highly encourage you to go there. Awesome. Well, I want to just say thank you so much for being here with us. If you didn't catch the website, we'll make sure that it's in the show notes. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody who tuned in today. If you ever get a chance to meet Christy, if you ever get a chance to see her speak or you see, do it because uh, she has so much wisdom and she's so gracious with it. And so thank you for being all of that and more here with us today. Um, And thank you to everybody who's listening. Make sure that you share this podcast with your friends and your family and your co workers. We here at Uplifting Impact believe the more people that we have engaged in this work, like Christy said, the more people we have in our village who are working towards a common purpose, the more likely we are going to be able to be successful and really leave a better world for our kids. So thank you so much for tuning in. We can't wait to see you. We can't wait to hear from you um, in our next episodes. Take care. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.